nothing will be impossible for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I couldn't help think that our Lord from the beginning has called us his little mustard seed. And he's saying, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you will. He says, you will. He's making a promise. Do the impossible. That's our mission. He's blessing us and telling us we have the faith of a mustard seed. That's why from the beginning he always tells us, believe. I mean, his words to me began, believe my daughter, believe. He was always saying to me, believe my daughter, believe. Because of this, it's through faith. That's why when our Lord goes to his hometown, you see, they see Jesus like Father Jordy was telling us. He's one of them. They grew up with him. He was, you know, the, the boy that was playing with all the other boys. You know, St. Joseph was the ordinary carpenter. Mary was the ordinary mother. Their family didn't stand out. They were one of, you know. And so Jesus says he couldn't, in his own hometown, perform hardly any miracles because they didn't believe. So here we have our Lord guiding us, leading us, confirming things, speaking to us, and He's saying, believe my mustard seed, because the impossible will be done through each of you. Wow! Now when you look at those words, and you look at the Gospel, and you see the messages our Lord's giving us, it is powerful, my sisters, what He's telling us. Look at what He said this morning to us. I just want to hide. I will send it to you today. Thank you. I'll read it again. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think we need yes. it. Okay. I mean, and that's what happens with the words of the Lord. I read them over and over, and then I go back, like when I was, they're saying something. Okay. Thank you for your patience. I love you all out there. I'm so sorry. But let us know, let us know anything that's not right. Okay, today our Lord said to us, look at the love that our Lord has for the mothers of the cross. He really loves us dearly. He said, my gaze is upon each of you. I see your struggles. I know your trials. I feel and suffer your sorrows. I collect your tears. I suffer with each of you. Have perfect faith in the God that loves you. He calls us to perfect faith. Believe all that I have spoken to you. It will all come to pass for the glory of the Father and the salvation of souls. Look at what our Lord is telling us. Everything He's told us will come to pass if our faith is perfect. If our faith at least is the size of a mustard seed. Okay? Imagine if it's greater what can happen. 
believe. Now, this one sentence is so important. I'm going to focus on this as we continue speaking today. Believe in the power of your hidden ordinary lives lived through me, with me, and in me. One with me, no longer two. I want you to highlight when you get these words that believe in the power. The word power is very significant. This Tuesday, if we, Father and I give the teaching, uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, I want to focus only on the word power. Okay, it's so sick. Our Lord has been using the word power for so long. Believe in the power. He, he unites, he's saying the power is his power. The power of your ordinary hidden life. Believe in my crucified love, in the power of my crucified gaze to penetrate all darkness. Now, I want you to think of this in light of what he's taught us about tenderness and about the eyes. Because our Lord is saying to us, believe in the power of my crucified gaze to penetrate all darkness. Therefore, my sisters, when we grow in the tenderness of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tie all of this in together, and we become his living host. It is the gaze of Jesus Christ looking through our eyes that has the power to pierce the darkness of whoever we look at. This is so powerful. The importance of the tenderness, of growing in the tenderness through our eyes. The importance of gazing in the eyes of Jesus so that his eyes become our eyes. So that he sees all people through our eyes. The eyes are very, very significant in the way the Lord has been forming us. And now he brings us today to his eyes, to his gaze, so that we can learn to give our, our, our eyes to Him. My gaze is upon you. Allow me to heal your wounds and purify all darkness. My desire for you, my thirst for each of you, is to make you my living icons. My little ones, suffer all with me, gazing upon my crucified love, so that your suffering can perfect your faith, and you can become my living chalices, upon the world redeeming, restoring, and purifying with me. Learn to wait upon the Lord. For that proves your love and perfects your trust. Be one in me with Mary as your mother. Okay, he's telling us that our faith is perfected through our suffering all with him. It is through suffering with him that our faith is perfected and we become his living chalices. This is very important. As I read the gospel, 
on the mustard seed, the faith, I had to go back to our manual. And I went to what our Lord has taught us about faith from before. It's in your manual. It's under the second section of virtues. Now look at how much in line this is. In mine it's on page 35, but it might not be that page anymore. Because if you add it... 28. Tenderness? No, not tenderness. Faith. It's, it's towards the end. 35. It's wonderful when you have your manuals <laughs> and we can follow together as the Lord moves. Okay, share with... Good, show with Vero. Okay, now look at how much in line this is with what our Lord was telling us today. How important faith is. How important it is for us to be perfected in faith so that all that God wants to do with us can be accomplished. He taught us, he said, the first sentence, look at what the first sentence is. Your faith is perfected in suffering and trials. You see very much in line what he said today. Perfect faith is complete abandonment to my Father's will in all things through your union in me. Therefore, your growth in faith depend, is dependent on the abandonment of your will to me and also on your knowledge of my perfect love for you. That's the importance of the gift of the Holy Spirit of knowledge. The knowledge of how much God loves us. The shedding of layers of attachments to your will, which is self-love, takes place as you begin to trust in my love for you. This is why suffering all your sorrows with me is so beneficial for your soul, because in that process you touch the open wounds of my love for you. Now, how beautiful that Sandra Clark today, during the rosary, was receiving that God was saying, enter and touch my wounds. Now, look at what he's taking us back to. Look at how our Lord guides us constantly in, in teaching us. This perfects us so quickly in abandonment and trust until you come to experience awe the good and what you perceive as bad as a gift of my love for you. We have to remember that one sentence. Everything is a gift from the Lord, even what we don't understand, even what we perceive as bad. Our Lord is using it in His immensity of His love for us to perfect us in faith and in love, in hope. The gift of knowing with your mind, heart, and soul that the love of God only desires to make of you the new creation you were created to be from the beginning of time. A creation in the image and likeness of God 
as holy sons and daughters of the Most High. This is why I came upon the earth to set you free from the bondage of sin and to make of you a new creation and draw you into the oneness of the Most Holy Trinity to experience holy bliss for all eternity. What greater love is there than this? So I will leave you to, to ponder the words he's given us on faith through the gospel of today, the gospel of Matthew. I'm going to go now because it's all tied in with faith to speak a little bit about tenderness. I have to be honest with you. I forgot that our Lord had told us that this was the year to grow in the virtue of tenderness. And I opened my journal randomly last week in the Blessed Sacrament. And it opened to January 1st of 2012. And the first words in my journal is our Blessed Mother telling us that this year, 2012, is the year that all the mothers of the cross, she wanted us to grow in greater perfection in tenderness. And I thought, I mean, I've been working. I mean, I always pray, but I kind of, had forgotten a little, and I started to count January, February, <laughs> and I realized it's seven months. <laughs> it's more than halfway through the year. And I said, we need to come together, the mothers, and do an examination of conscience together. How are we... Four, nine months, so your pregnancy is okay. How are we doing... How are we doing in tenderness? This is a problem. Okay. How are we doing? I don't have time to go over everything, but that you have in your manuals. So ponder, because this teaching on tenderness to me was amazing. Our Lord taught us that tenderness is the virtue that His love touches concretely others. It's tenderness is the virtue that has the power to melt the most hardened hearts. The heart of Jesus Christ is all tenderness. Conchita, on page 123 of the interior crucifixion, I took one sentence from that which is so significant to love crucified, the interior crucifixion. The one sentence I took for today is this. That is why my heart, overflowing with tenderness, will ever feel the thorns of the cross. Overflowing with tenderness. And he says that is why he continues to suffer. Because his heart is so tender. So what happens then to our hearts? The more our hearts grow in tenderness 
like the heart of Jesus, the more they will suffer. The more they will feel the pains of the thorns. It goes hand in hand. That is why the heart of Jesus Christ is all love and all suffering. It is it's so tender and love so perfect that he suffers immensely. He suffers infinitely. So as we grow in love, in humility, in tenderness, tenderness makes the heart more and more docile, soft, sensitive. The more we will able to see the sufferings, as remember he taught us, when you look at someone, do not only pay attention to what you see exteriorly, but learn to look into the hearts. As we do that, we suffer. We no longer look at anybody to judge, but we're able to see what Jesus sees. We're able to see their woundedness. And when we see a person's woundedness, we are moved to compassion, not to judgment. How are we doing with that? We have to remind each other. Our Lord taught us about our hands. How are we using our hands? Our Lord, I have so much I want to share with you. I want to bring you a minute into... What I would say, for me personally, is the most significant teaching our Lord has given us. This is the teaching He gave us on July 9th of this year, this summer, 2012, on the hidden life and the Eucharist. It's all united to faith, it's all united to tenderness, because what's happening is the ultimate of what God is doing with us is making us living hosts to bring us into the love of the Trinity. Through the years, He's been defining more and more concretely what the hidden force is. He has been speaking to this family about the hidden force since the beginning. But the way he taught us about the hidden force way at the beginning and the way he speaks about the hidden force now is a bit different, even though it's still all united. But if you think about what I told you in the retreat in March, if you take a child and you begin to teach them abstractly, it goes over their heads. They don't know what you're talking about. They're not able to grasp. That's why when they start in preschool, in, in, in my Montessori training as a Montessori teacher, you had to teach everything, math, language arts, everything began at the concrete level, sensorial. They had to touch, they had to hear, we had to teach all with the senses. And from there, little by little through the years, 
you move more and more into the abstract. That's exactly how our Lord has been teaching us. We were not able to understand the hidden force at the beginning in its union with the Eucharist because our Lord knew that our hearts still were not tender enough, pure enough, our, 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 you know, we had too many veils. So he had to take us through this whole process of greater and greater purification, which we still are in, to bring us to the place that we are now, that we can understand what actually the hidden force is. Okay? So I'm going to go back a second. I have it in the paper I sent you to July 9th. I'm sorry, July 5th. The Hidden Life in the Eucharist. He begins by saying, the Eucharist is the power of God in the world. Now remember I told you today the word power is very significant? Okay. He's telling us that the Eucharist is the power of God and then he's telling us today that you have the power. Okay, this is very important for you to understand how our Lord is teaching us and guiding us and forming us. The love of God is the Eucharist and, as, and is transmitted through the Eucharist. Learn about the hidden life by contemplating my Eucharistic life. I am hidden from your human eye, but completely present. I am verbally silent, yet my soul speaks to your soul. I am humble, pure, simple, silent, generous, forgiving, merciful, patient, tender. I give myself fully to the good and the bad, to the deserving and the undeserving, to those that love me and to those that persecute me. For when one is not obedient to the precepts of my church, I am persecuted. I continue to love those that do not love me. I continue to love those that use me. I continue to love the unfaithful. I continue to love those indifferent to my love. I am left alone in the tabernacles of the world with few that come to be with me, to adore me, to give me thanks. I cry, but my tears are hidden. I intercede continuously before the throne of the Father for all. My hidden life in the Eucharist is seen by Abba and blessed by Him who sees all. Now my sisters pay very close attention to the second paragraph. Your ordinary and hidden life through the cross becomes united to my Eucharistic life. This is crucial. Think about this, my sisters. Your ordinary and hidden life, your daily life, the daily grind, the daily trials, the daily struggles, the cooking, the cleaning, 
the babies, the work, the boss, the difficult bosses, your daily hidden struggles, your daily and ordinary life, through the cross, which is how he's been leading us for years, becomes united to my Eucharistic life, which is the power of God in the world. Your hidden life takes this second sentence, highlight, highlight, and you've got to memorize this second sentence. This is amazing what God is telling us here, my sisters. Your hidden life takes on the same power as my hidden life because we are no longer two but one. This is today's gospel. You will move mountain because it's not you. Only God can move a mountain. But he's saying your hidden life has the same power, not close to. The same power is mine when you become one with my Eucharistic life. When your hidden life becomes one with my hidden life. This is what St. Therese lived in the cloister. This is what Conchita lived in the cloister of her domestic church. This is what all the saints lived because... Look at him, he goes on to explain why. These are my living hosts. See, he's, he's defining for us what a living host is. In this union of love, you enter and live in the realm of God. You see? What happens is, when our hidden life, through the cross, through the simple path he's been leading us in, that we're helping each other walk, that path unites our hidden and ordinary life with the hidden life of Jesus in the Eucharist more and more closely until we become fully living hosts. In this union with the Lord, our life then transcends time and space. And as we are in our domestic monasteries, in the cloister of a convent, our hidden life has and is the power of God. That means our prayers, as we clean, as we teach, as we cook, as we work, is affecting the world in whatever way the Holy Spirit is using our life. It enters the realm of God. In the realm of God, prayers, the power of God moves beyond time and space. There is no time and space for God. Do you believe what the Lord is telling us, you see? That's why he says, if your faith is the size of a mustard seed, if you believe what he's telling us, think about what he's saying. Your thoughts, words, deeds, but most especially your tears and sorrows of heart possess the power of God to bless the world. Your hidden life, not seen by anyone, is seen by God. And through me, with me, and in me, he blesses many. Your life as one with my Eucharistic life moves beyond time and space. I can't read this enough. I read it over and over and over. Now I want to go to the last sentence of these words from the Lord. The last sentence says, you grow in holiness 
as your hidden life is lived to greater perfection in my hidden life. Think about that. You know how we all pray to be holy. How we all pray to be saints. We grow in holiness as our hidden life. The hidden life that nobody really sees. Grows to greater perfection in his hidden life. Now to understand what he's saying, you've got to go back to the first paragraph. Because he's teaching us how to love. And here I would now like to go back to tenderness. Because it's all united. I'd like to go back to recently one of the messages that really touched profoundly my heart. It's the second one from the beginning, from March 1st of 2011. And I'd like to really focus here on one particular sentence today with the women. He says, the love of God will stretch your love beyond your physical capacities. The expansion of the tent of your hearts is a most painful process. You have to choose to love those most difficult to love. Look at what the Lord is saying. Sometimes we don't feel like loving. Sometimes it is not easy to love. Our Lord is saying you have to choose to love those most difficult to love. You must always, when the Lord uses must, God the Father used must with us Thursday. It's very important. Because this is the only way we're perfected in love. My, my sisters, if we think we're going to become saints, if we think we're going to become living hosts, and it's going to be, we're all going to be challenged. The way we're going to become living hosts is by choosing to love those that are most difficult to love. It is a gift of God when He places in our hearts, in our lives, people that are difficult to love. Because we will never be perfected if we didn't have people that are difficult to love. And many times, my sisters, it's our husbands. Many wives. times, it's our children. Many times, it's our mother or our father. Those that we live with. Now look at this sentence. Did we lose someone? Okay. He says, You must always choose love, patience, and tenderness, and never give in to anger and resentment. I'm going to stop right there. Because I want to speak about resentment. When our Lord gave this a year ago, I read it, and it's, every sentence is important. So what happens is, you know, you kind of focus on something else, and then, but recently, he took me to this one sentence. I really want to focus with the women today on growing in tenderness and the importance of understanding the danger of resentment. I feel and have come to learn that resentment is the easiest 
um, what would you call resentment now? A vice. A vice that enters our heart. It is so easy for resentment to creep into our hearts. And I have to say that what happens when resentment enters our hearts is that we become harsh. It does the opposite. It moves us into harshness instead of tenderness. And my sisters, it's so easy. One of the things we must, as mothers of the cross, is guard each other from resentment entering our hearts. It is so easy, so, so easy for husbands and wives to have resentment come into our hearts. And I want to say something for us only. I want to speak to you with full transparency. When you have women, it, mothers of the cross that are walking a certain path, the narrow path of the cross, and our husbands are not walking the narrow path with us, it can be very difficult. As you all know, we here in spiritual accompaniment must guard each other always against resentment coming into our hearts because it's so easy. And God allowed me, now when I was on vacation in Colorado, to be with a woman. He allowed me to see her heart. And he was teaching me the entire time I was in, in vacation in Colorado about resentment. And even in my own heart. Even in my own heart, as I saw from wounds from the past, resentment serves as a block. If we have wounds towards our mothers, our fathers, any family member that we have not fully resolved, Satan will use it to keep us from loving. What I saw in this woman when I was in vacation now is there is so much resentment in her heart towards her husband because he's not being the father he's called to be. I understand her. All of you can understand her. But instead of bringing it to the Lord so that there is no resentment in loving, it has become resentment and Satan has entered. And what I saw... Someone I've known for many years, I saw a heart that's grown harsh. I was touched by the harshness I would experience in the way she would speak to her husband. I said, what's happened here? Where has this come from? I was shocked. We're talking about a good Catholic couple. And I said, this can happen to all of us so easily. How it can happen to me. To you, to all of us. We must call each other always to love. To love. We must call each other and help each other. Because it is possible. It is absolutely possible. And if not, read the life of, of Elizabeth Lucier. Who lived with a man who was an atheist. Who ridiculed her. Who made fun of her. And yet she loved him. 
And she lived what our Lord is teaching us. And her life took on the power of God. And when she died, she gave her life for that man. He became a priest. It was her life as one with the Eucharistic life that converted him. Do we believe that our life will convert our husbands? But we have to love them and we have to love them with tenderness. We have to force ourselves. We have to choose to touch them, to embrace them, to look beyond everything that's wrong with them and beg the Lord to allow us to see them the way He sees them. And this is the same thing for all the women here that might not be married. But you might live with your mothers and your sisters and your daughters. And I will tell you also, it's the same thing for our relationships in Love Crucified. Resentment can enter us, my sisters. If anything happens that bothers you, and you keep it in your heart, beware. Because Satan can go there and turn it into resentment. That is why I speak and Father speaks so much in his family about transparency. God has taught us when you bring things to the light. That's why communication in a marriage is crucial. When you bring things to the light, the Holy Spirit works. But when you keep things, then it's so easy to fester and fester. And Satan gets in, my sister. It's so subtle, but so easy. And that will move us away from tenderness. Resentment moves us to harshness. To everything, it will, we will never grow in love. That's why I keep reading the words our Lord gave us on the Eucharist. Look at what he says. I love, Jesus chooses to love all the unfaithful, all the ones that are hurting him, he's still loving them. If we become living hosts, we have to love the same way. How else are we going to become living hosts? And it's not impossible. Or else our God wouldn't be telling us, this is what I'm doing with you. Look at what he tells us. That he told us, the mothers of the cross, it's on the same sheet, I, I sent you in the email. July 2nd. This was another message directly to the mothers. Listen carefully now. And now I want you to read as you follow with me. Look at the word again, how Jesus Christ uses the word with us power. This is very important for the times we're living. Jesus is telling us, my daughters, you are my warriors of love, fighting the beast, and you will slay him. Believe, again, today's gospel, believe, and place your hope in me, and all I have taught you. Do you see how many times he tells us to believe in what he's teaching us? Because if we don't believe, it's not going to happen. I have been preparing you for this battle. I have dressed you with God's heavenly armor for protection. Those who have not chosen to follow me are being swept away in Satan's deception. The lukewarm will not survive. You possess, look at what he's saying, you, the mothers of the cross, possess 
the power of God to free many from Satan's deception and bring them to life in me. My sisters, you must read that and believe. Look at what he's saying. You possess as you grow in union with my Eucharistic life. You are the hidden force. You possess the power of God to free many and bring them to life in me. Persevere in love. Every mother of the cross in spiritual accompaniment must persevere in love and help each other persevere in love. Don't you ever pity someone that's having difficulties. I experienced this with a sister in this community who was spiritually accompanying me. And I was in a, dark, in a low place. And boy, she wouldn't let up on me. She did not pity me. She didn't go, ay, pobrecita. She said, no way. Stop it. Love. I don't care. You've got to love. And you know what I said to her? I said, you, I don't want to, like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> but I knew what she told me was absolutely the truth. And you know what? It freed me. And it was a sister. It was a sister from this community. That is how we have to give spiritual accompaniment in this family. Nobody else is going to do it. Only a mother of the cross to a mother of the cross can do that. And you have a responsibility to your sister. That's why we have to be community. Persevere in love and living all that I have taught you. Do not become discouraged, but believe in the triumph of my glorious cross. Rescue many souls in the net of Satan's deception through your participation in my crucified love. He's giving us a command. He's calling us out to rescue souls for him. The cross is the power of God to defeat Satan and bring all to new life. Unite as one to my cross and believe. Again, look at how many times he tells us to believe. In the power of your hidden sorrows of heart to free the world from Satan's grasp. Be my warriors. Fight with the zeal and power of my spirit. Go in peace and know that I am with you. My sisters, women have a great sorrow of heart. Much more so. I mean, the men also. But I think the hearts of the women, because they're more tender, have a, suffer in a much more sensitive way. Our, the Lord is saying, use that. That has power. Our hearts have to become more and more tender so we can love in this way.